arms. Give it your all. We'll drink the wine to the corpse dry and kiss the girls and then the cry and toss the dice until we fly and dance with Jack of the Shadows. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Tales of Red Arm. I'm your host, Justin, and today we're jumping into Chapter 53, A Flow of the Spirit. So we're jumping over to Perrin's point of view. Um, I'm pretty sure it was just at Tom and Matt's point of view from the previous, if I remember correctly. So now we're in Perrin's point of view. And he is heading back from the smithy to um, Star, or the Star, I guess, which is the inn they're staying in, pun intended. And he's kind of tired, but it's like the good kind of like you did a good hard day's work and, you know, you feel good about life. And uh, Master Ayala had make them, had made this big, large ornamental work um, with curves and scrolls and everything. For a country lord's new gate. Um, and he actually had enjoyed making it. But then you hear uh, Zareen. Slash Fael. Depending on what you want to call her. Um, it's like I thought his eyes would come out of his face blacksmith. When you said you would not make it if it was for a high lord. <laughs> I mean he's a foreigner. So why would he care if it's a high lord or not. Um, but he looks over at her and. The shadows are masking her face, but even with his eyes, the shadows are just there, just slightly fainter than they would have been for another's. And they emphasized her high cheekbones and softened the strong curve of her nose. So she's got a very, uh, I think it's more like a beak kind of nose, which is very emphasized, but is typical of her country and people from her country. Um, so we know she has a slant, she has not slanted, I guess, tilted eyes. She has tilted eyes, uh, high cheekbones, and a strong curve of her nose. <clears throat> and he can't really figure out, like, his thoughts about her. Morian and Lan insisted they, they stay close to the inn. He just wants her, Zareen Fayil, to go do something else and essentially not be there just sitting work, watching him work all the time. And he gets awkward when... You know, she puts her eyes on him. And a couple times he had fumbled with his hammer when, even when Master Ayala frowned at him, wondering. And girls had always been able to make him awkward, or at least feel awkward, especially when they smile at him. But Zareen didn't have to smile, just looks. And he wonders, you know, maybe this is the beautiful woman that Min's talking about and warning him against. It's like, well, eh, it's better she's the Falcon, which surprised him that he kind of stumbled. And he explains the reason as why he didn't want to do anything for the High Lord. Is like, I didn't want to make anything that would get in the hands of one of the Forsaken. And his golden eyes kind of glow as he's looking at her. And he's like, well, if it's for a High Lord, how could I tell where it might end? And then she kind of shivers. She's like, I didn't mean to frighten you, Fi I mean, Zareen. And she broadly smiles at him, thinking that, you know, he can't see her. And he's like, oh, you'll fall yet, farm boy. Have you thought of wearing a beard? So at this point, he hasn't worn a beard, so he's been clean-shaven. Um, and he's like, oh, she's always mocking me, and that's bad enough, but other times I don't even understand her. And the funny thing is, is like, for her, it's almost like she's 
saying, hey, if you have this appearance, it'd be very attractive on you kind of thing. Like almost she's like, hey, become something I'm attracted to kind of thing. Um, so light from the common room is, you know, popping through all of the paving stones. And there's a couple carriages running past, but not many people. The weaver shop was closed and it was very, very, very quiet. But Maureen and Lan meets them at the entrance to the inn. And Moraine's like, Rand's in tear. And parents like, you, are you sure of this? I haven't heard anything strange happening. No weddings, wells drying up. I mean, to be fair, he's been in a smithy and hasn't been exactly talking to people. So he wouldn't really know, even if he wanted to. And Zareen's kind of confused and frowning because she doesn't know what's going on. And Moraine hadn't really told her much. To be fair, neither had he. And Loyal's tongue had to be a silent, but it was a bit more difficult to do that. And Lan's like, you really don't listen to rumors? There have been marriages, as many in the last four days as in half a year before, and as many murders as in a whole year. A child fell from a tower balcony today, a hundred paces onto a stone paving. She got up and ran to her mother without a bruise. The first of Mayenne, a guest in the stone since before the winter, announced today she will submit to the will of the High Lords after saying yesterday she would see Mayen and all of its ships burn before one tyrant country lord set foot in the city. They had not brought themselves to torture her, and that young woman has a will like iron, so you tell me if you think it might be Rand's doing. And Blacksmith, from top to bottom, tear bubbles like a cauldron. Moraine's like, well, these weren't even needed to tell me. Baron, did you dream of Rand last night? And he's like, well, yeah, I mean, he's in the heart of the stone holding that sword. And Zareen kind of shifts beside him. He's like, but I have been worrying about him so much that it's not really a wonder that I dream of him. I didn't have anything but nightmares last night. And Zareen's like, a tall man with reddish hair and gray eyes holding something that shines so brightly it hurts your eyes in a place that is all great redstone columns. Blacksmith, tell me it wasn't your dream. And Moraine's like, see? I've heard this dream spoken of a hundred times today. They all speak of nightmares. Bilal apparently doesn't care to shield his own dreams, but that one above all else. People say he's the dragon reborn. They say he is coming. They whisper it fearfully in corners, but they do say it. And one of Bilal, this coming from Perrin, Moraine's like, I will deal with him tonight. And Lan's like, you mean we will deal with him tonight? It's like, yes, yes, my guy Dean. We will deal with him tonight. Well, what are we doing? Just sit here and wait? I pretty much have enough... I've had enough of waiting to last me a lifetime in the mountains. You know, Moraine. He's like, well, you and Loyal and Zarine will go to Torvalon. Until this is done, it'll be the safest place for you. And Land's like, where's Loyal? I want all three of you on your way north as soon as possible. He's like, well, I guess upstairs in his room or maybe the dining room. And they could see the lights up in the windows there. He's always working on the notes. So I suppose he's going to have plenty say in his book about us running away. And he was a little surprised that he was so bitter about it and he could hear the bitterness in his voice. He's like, fool, do you want to face one of the forsaken? No, but I'm tired of running and I remember not running once. I remember fighting back, and it was better. This is reference to Falma. And he's like, even if I thought I was going to die, it was better. 
And Zareen's like, oh, I'll go find him. I have no shame in admitting I will gladly... I'll be glad to run from this fight. You know, men fight when they should run, and fools fight when they should run. But I had no need to say it twice. So she heads ahead of them with her narrow, divided skirts, making small whisking noises as they entered the inn. Farron glances around the common room, but there's fewer men at the tables than he thought there were. Some sat alone with dull eyes, and where two or three sat, they talked in frightened whispers, and he could occasionally hear the word dragon. So he reaches the top of the stairs, but he had heard another sound, a thump, as if something was falling. So he peered down the hallway, and he's like, Zareen? And he doesn't hear anything. But the hair on the back of his neck is starting to stand up, and he heads that way, and he's like, Zareen? He pushes the door open, and he goes, Fahil! She's laying on the floor near the table, and he started to rush into the room. But Moraine commands him to stop. Stop, you fool! Stop for your life! She came along the hallway slowly, head turning as if she's listening for something or searching for something. Land followed with his hand on his sword, a look in his eye that as if he already knew steel wouldn't do anything. She comes up to the door and stops. He's like, move back, Perrin, move back. And he's kind of agonizing while he stares at Zareen at Fayil. And she lays there like she's lifeless. Finally, he makes himself step back from the door, leaving it open, standing where he could see her. And she looked as if she was already dead. He couldn't see even her chest stir. And he feels like howling. Frowning, he works his hand, the one he had used to push the door into the room, opening and closes his fingers, and it tingled sharply as if he had struck his elbow. So he gets that little, like, static thing when you hit your funny bone or whatever, and that's what it's like for his finger. And he's like, aren't you going to do anything, Moraine? If you will not, I'm going to her. And she's like, stand or you're not going to go anywhere. What is that by her right hand? As if it dropped from her grip when she fell out. I can't make it out. So he glares at her, but then he looks into the room and he's like, I think it's a hedgehog, like carved out of wood. What is going on? What happened? Tell me. She's like, hmm, a hedgehog. She's like, be silent, parent. I must think. I felt the trigger. I can sense its residues of flows woven to set it and it was just pure spirit. Nothing else. Also, nothing uses pure flows of spirit. Why does the hedgehog make me think of spirit? He's like, well, you felt a trigger, Moraine. Was it a trap? He's like, yeah, it was a trap. A trap meant for me. I would have been the first in the room if Serene had not rushed ahead, and Lan and I would have surely gone there to plan and wait for supper. But I'm not going to wait for supper now, so be quiet if you wish me to help me the girl at all. Lan, go get the innkeeper. And he heads off to go grab the innkeeper. Moraine paces up and down the hall, kind of stopping to peer through the door. She still has her hood up, by the way. Perrin can't see any sign that Zareen's alive. Her breast didn't stir. Tried listening for a heartbeat, but even with his ears, it was impossible. Then Lan returns, shoving a frightened Jarrah Herod, the innkeeper, ahead of him by the scruff of his fat neck. Moraine rounds on him. You promised to keep this room for me, Master Herod. And she had a very hard, precise voice, like a skinning knife. To not allow not even a serving woman to enter to clean unless I was present. Who did you let enter it, Master Herrett? Tell me now. And he's like, he looked like a bowl of pudding, but he's like, uh, only the two ladies, mistress, that they wish 
to leave a surprise for you. I swear, mistress, that they showed it to me. A little hedgehog. And they said that you would, would be surprised. And she's like, oh, I was surprised. Leave me, and if you whisper a word of this, even in your sleep, I will pull this end down and leave only a hole in the ground. She's like, yes, mistress, I swear, I do swear. And she yells at him to go, and he falls to his knees in a haste to reach the stairs and scrambles down with thumps. She's like, I, he knows that I'm here, and he has found someone of the Black Aja to set the trap. Yet perhaps he thinks I'm caught in it. It was just a tiny flash of the power, but perhaps he is strong enough to have sensed it. Lynn's like, hmm, so he won't suspect we are coming. And Perrin stares at them and is like, well, what about her? What, what happened to her? Moraine, is she alive? I can't even see her breathe. Moraine's like, well, she's alive. I cannot. I dare not get close enough to tell it. To get to her to much delve beyond that, but she's alive. There's a... She kind of sleeps. Like a bear in the winter. Hibernation. You know, her heart beats so slowly you could count minutes between. Her breathing is very similar. She just sleeps. I fear she is not there, Perrin. Not in her body anymore. Now, the funny thing I thought about this when I went through it, you know, several times. Why didn't Moraine just use flows of air and just drag the body out? <laughs> Or use flows of air to grab the hedgehog and throw it out a window or move it or throw it in a box or whatever the effect might be. Because apparently the spirit flows are affected by the walls. So if there's a, like, if you go through the door, you'll feel like you're going through this, like, numbing TV static kind of feel. So why not just grab it with flows of air, stick it in a cup, put a book, a book on top of it, and then bam, it's it's safe all of a sudden. Um, I, I don't know. <clears throat> but basically, they just don't do any of that. I, I don't know why. I just That's the thought I had recently. I was like, I don't get it, but okay. And he's like, well, what do you mean she's not in the body? You don't mean they took her soul like the gray men? She's like, no. And he's like, okay, thank goodness. He's like, well, then where is she? And he's like, well, I have a suspicion, but I'm not sure. It's like, well, a hint, a suspicion, anything, burn me where? And Land shifted at the roughness of his voice, but he knew he would try to break the water like iron over a hardy if the man tried to stop him. Now, keep in mind, Land is a blade master. He's a warrior. He's, he's very athletic, and he's moderately built. But Perrin is literally built like a blacksmith because he is a blacksmith. Perrin could probably snap him in two unless he ran him through. Um, so it's it's kind of funny thinking like this, you know, almost 20 something year old is like, I'm going to break this guy who's like 40 something, 50 something and just snap him in half if he gets in between me and Moraine. And he's like, where? And he's like, well, I don't know very much, Perrin. I remember that a little of this connects a carved hedgehog with spirit. The carving is a Tirangreal, last studied by Corian and Nadil, the last dreamer the tower had. The talent called dreaming is a thing of spirit. It's not something I have ever studied. My, my talents lie in other ways. But I believe that Zareen had been trapped inside a dream, or maybe the world of dreams, Runriad. All that is her is inside that dream. All of it. A dreamer sends only a part of herself. If Zareen does not return to her body soon... She, her body will die, and then maybe she'll live in the dream, but we don't know. Perrin's like, there's a lot you don't know. And he kind of looks at Zareen, and he wants to cry again. And she's just kind of like there, small, lifeless, almost. 
He's like, Fael, I swear I will only call you Fael ever again. He's like, why, why don't you do something? He's like, the trap has been sprung, Perrin, but it's a trap that will still catch anyone who steps in that room. I wouldn't reach your side before it took me, and I have work I must do tonight. He's like, well, burn you, I said, I burn your work. This world of dreams, is it like the wolf dreams? You said these dreamers sometimes saw wolves. He's like, I've told you what I can, but it's time for you to go. Lan and I have to be on our way to the stone, and there's no waiting now. He's like, no, no, I will not leave her. And when she opened her mouth, he kind of raised his voice at her. She took a deep breath. He's like, well, very well. Kind of calm, smooth, cold voice. Remain if you wish. Perhaps you will survive this night. Lan? So she and Lan head down the hall to their their rooms. And then as they return, Lan's wearing his color-changing cloak and vanished down the stairs without another word. He looks at, or he being Perrin, looks at Fael through the open door. She's like, I gotta do something. If it's like the wolf dreams. And then all of a sudden, Loyal's voice comes out. He's like, Perrin, what is this about Fael? And the ogre, oh, ogre, ogre, not ogre, sheesh, uh, came striding down the, fall, the hall in his shirt sleeves, ink on his fingers, and a pen in his hand. Lan told me I had to go, and then he said something about Fael in a trap. What did he mean? <laughs> this is where it gets really emotional because the levels of emotion required for this part of the the end of the chapter is on levels not commonly known, at least by me anyway. Um, So Perrin, you know, just paying hardly attention to it, kind of tells him what Moraine said. And he's like, well, it might work. I just, it might, but I have to do it. But then Loyal growls and he's like, no, Perrin, it's not right. Fael was so free, it is not right to trap her. Perrin peered up at Loyal's face and suddenly remembered the old stories that claimed Ogier were implacable enemies. In other words, they're very, very dangerous and very deadly. But Loyal's ears had laid back along the side of his head, and his broad face was as hard as an anvil. And Perrin's like, I'm going to go try to help Fael, Loyal, but I will be helpless by my, myself as I do that. Will you guard my back? And this is where I just love. Loyal raised these huge hands that held books so carefully, and his thick fingers curled as if to crush stone. None will pass me while I live, Perrin. Not Murdral or the Dark One himself. He said it like a simple statement of fact. That's a powerful little phrase. Perrin nods, looks through the door again. He's like, it's got to work. I don't care if men warn me against her or not. He snarls as he leaps towards Fael, stretching out his hand, and he thinks he touches her ankle before he was gone. That's not the end of the chapter. <laughs> it's close, but not that. Not that close. Or, I mean, it is that close, but it's, it's not the end of the chapter. Now, whether the dream of this trap was Teleironriot or not, Perrin doesn't know. But he knew it for the wolf dream. Rolling grassy hills surrounded him, and scattered thickets. There's a deer browsing the edges of the trees, and a herd of some sort of running animal bounding across the the grass, like brown-striped deer with long, straight horns. Gazelle. With smells in the wind who told them they were good to eat, and other scents spoke of more good hunting all around. This was the wolf dream. He was wearing the blacksmith's long leather vest, he suddenly realized, with his arms bare, and there was a weight at his side. He touched the axe belt, but it was not the 
axe hanging from its loop. He ran his fingers over the head of the heavy smith's hammer, and it felt right. Hopper appears in front of him. You come like a fool again. The sending was of a cub sticking its nose into a hollow tree to lap honey despite the bees stinging its muzzles and eyes. The danger is greater than ever, young bull. Evil walk the dream. The brother and sisters avoid the mountains of stone the two legs pile up and almost fear to dream to one another. You must go. Keep in mind that at this point, Hopper is pure spirit. He does not have a physical body. And Perrin's like, no. Fael is here, somewhere. Trapped. I have to free her. Hopper, I have to. And he feels a shifting inside of him, something changing. And he looks down at his curly-haired legs, his wide paws. He was an even larger wolf than Hopper. He's like, you are here too strongly. Every single one of the sendings carried some form of shock. Young bull, you will die. (laughs) For the closing, three lines. If I do not free the falcon, I do not care, brother. Then we hunt, brother. Noses to the wind, the two wolves ran across the plain, seeking the falcon. Man, there are some hard-hitting moments in this chapter, and it's just really, really good. Whew. Well, I got that. That was chapter 53, guys. Chapter 54 is next, but what did you guys think about the chapter? Um, I mean... Having read it or going to read it or whatever, uh, let me know what you guys think about those particular hard-hitting points. Perrin's terrified that something's wrong with Zareen or Fael and wants to get her back. So is he making up his mind about their relationship or that she's important to his story or not? Does he want her to leave? Does he want her to stay? We know he wants her free. That's something we've gotten from this. Um, how did you feel about Loyal's outburst, I guess? How did you feel about Perrin raising his voice to Moraine about this? What do you think that means about that relationship? Uh, what do you think about Hopper telling Perrin he's there too strongly and he needs to leave? And Perrin's like, I just don't even care. Like, if I don't get her, I don't care. I mean, that, I mean, that, to me, that sounds like it's a romantic wet dream right there like that's about as good as it gets the hunk blacksmith dude that's huge is like i'm gonna risk everything to get this falcon back that seems pretty hardcore in terms of like the romance aspect which i know a lot of people don't think that robert jordan did a very good job with the romance of the series in some areas he didn't do as well as he could have in other areas i think he excelled quite well he can bring the emotional effect out of things um but yeah that's I think it was fun. Um, but yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that was super important about this. Oh, yeah. the uh, Do you think Rand is actually here? Do you think it's just a sheer coincidence? Is it Perrin, who's the Taviran that's taking effect on everything going on in the city with the child falling from a tower and surviving? And then the first of Mayen completely changing her mind. 
I feel like if people are having dreams of Rand, Rand wouldn't be able to walk through the city without anybody knowing him. Like, he'd have to be, like, completely cloaked. They're going to be like, oh, there's a tall dude bundled up, and is that red hair I see? <gasps> it's him! Like, <laughs> that's what I feel like would happen out of that, but... So, yeah. Um, it's definitely interesting. Uh, the Tyrongreal, the Hedgehog... I don't really know the significance of a hedgehog in that regard. It's just like the cute little hedgehog made out of wood. Okay. Does that mean anything for what kind of Tyrongreal it is or what it's supposed to do? Who knows? We'll find out, I suppose. So, do you think it was a clever trap? What do you, what do you guys think? I'm eager to hear your thoughts. But yeah. Uh, thanks, everybody, for hanging out for Chapter 53. Um... Hopefully you'll join me for chapter 54. It's a bit of a long one. Uh, we're two-ish, three-ish chapters away from the end of this book. So we're almost there, but we're going to get to some long chapters. Of, at least chapter 54 is pretty long. 55... Is a little long. 56 is very, 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 very short. That's going to be a very short episode. But 54 should be the longest, probably, of the entire book of a single chapter. Because a lot is going to happen. A lot is going to happen. So, uh, hopefully you guys will join me for that. If you'd like to reach out to me, you can do so directly at talesofredarm at gmail.com. Or you can reach out to me on Facebook or Twitter X or Twix, I don't know, X Twitter, whatever you want to call it, um, which would be uh, for Twitter slash X. It's at Tales of a Red Arm on Facebook. It's just Tales of a Red Arm Discord uh, invitations should be on both of those. If you have a hard time finding them or can't find them for some reason, um, you can reach out to me directly and hop into the uh, Discord, and we can have just chats and stuff. It's just a little uh, server where we can text talk to each other, or we can go into a voice room and just verbally chat, and we can, you know, talk about a bunch of different stuff. And if you have questions, I'd be more than happy to answer them or something like that. Um, if you have your own viewpoints of what you think's going to happen, or... Um, thoughts on something that I might have missed or important details you think that there are, um, just let me know and I can try throwing them into a episode or so. Um, but yeah, I'd love to hear from you guys. Um, looking forward to the next chapter. It's going to be a long one. So we'll go ahead and call it good there. Until then. Dance with Jack of the Shadows. Yeah! 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 Yeah!